0: If you'd remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Paul writes this, We don't need to write to you about the timing and dates, brothers and sisters. You know very well that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night when they are saying there is peace and security. At that time, sudden destruction will attack them. Like labor pains start with a pregnant woman and they definitely won't escape. But you aren't in darkness, brothers and sisters, so the day won't catch you by surprise like a thief. All of you are children of light and children of the day. We don't belong to night or darkness, so then let's not sleep like the others, but let's stay awake and stay sober. People who sleep, sleep at night, and people who get drunk, get drunk at night. Since we belong to the day, let's stay sober, wearing faithfulness and love as a piece of armor that protects our body, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. God didn't intend for us to suffer his wrath, but rather to possess salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. So continue encouraging each other and building each other up, just like you are doing already. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. It's good to be here with you this morning as we worship God together. Before I begin the sermon, I just want to update you on the progress of our roof replacement. Uh, The plan as of today means tomorrow or Tuesday, when they can get the crane, uh, the HVAC units for the sanctuary and Narthex are going to get pulled off the roof. The roofers and refrigeration folks have coordinated having everything here so when they pull them off, they can put them back on as soon as they can and not be waiting for things. But we all know how plans go, right? So if the weather cooperates, if everything else happens, the plan is they'll pull the units tomorrow, and then the roofers are roofed during the week, and then hopefully Thursday or Friday, they'll be able to set the HVAC units back on the sanctuary and on the narthex, And then hopefully we'll have air next week. With that being said, to reach that goal, the weather has to cooperate and a lot of other things have to come together. So please keep an eye out on social media of the church page. Uh, We'll send a church email out if it's going to be hot next Sunday. It may be that you get to wear shorts to church next week. There's a story there. I used to love wearing shorts to church, my brother and I, especially in the summers. And the only days we were not allowed to wear shorts is when we acolyted because we used to wear the little acolyte robes. And my mom thought that our bare legs would make us look like we were wearing dresses. So those were the only Sundays when we were kids that we weren't allowed to wear shorts to church. Um, so this morning we're continuing our journey through Paul's letter to the fir- first letter to the church in, in Thessalonica. And so I hope that, that it has been eye-opening and interesting for you as we've gone through this letter chapter by chapter and have, have looked at it in depth. I know that I have encouraged it. as we, uh, I've appreciated it. And as we've looked last week, uh, Paul's letter to this, this church is divided roughly in half. There's five chapters total. And really the first three chapters uh, is where Paul is laying out his foundation of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be someone who professes and lives out this faith that we've been given by God. And so Paul uh, defines and he talks about what he believes and what we know to be the very center of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so to Paul and to historical Christians and to us, the center of the gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so if we're doing anything and we're not doing it because of what God has done in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we're just doing it. But for it to be be steered by God, for it to be directed by God, for it to be something that you and I can say is, is fruit that we are bearing out of our faith, then friends, I believe we have to be... This, we have to do it on the very basis of who we are and on the center of the, of the gospel, which is the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so Paul, I think, is pretty unapologetic in his letter to the Thessalonian church about this, in saying, if you're not doing the things you are doing because of Jesus' death and resurrection, then you're not doing them as an act of faith. And so I think that's something that we can remember, especially in this world that we live in that, that gives us all these constantly competing messages and other things that tell us, oh, if you just do it because it feels good or it makes you feel affirmed or it makes you feel good. I think what Paul would say us in historical Christianity would show us and what the gospel, the very center of the gospel is, is that if we're not doing it on the death and resurrection of Jesus and on the change that God has offered us through that, then we're missing the point. It's still good that we can do those things. But if we're doing them as an act and a response out of our faith, then it has to be placed and based on who we are as followers of Jesus Christ and the deaths and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now in the second half of, of this letter, which is chapters 4 and 5, uh, Paul spends some time writing how the Thessalonians are to live and practice their faith according to who they are and the way that they're to demonstrate how they're different because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So last week, for example, we, we, he used the example of sexual morality as a way that, that the Thessalonians could demonstrate their faith without being part of the larger culture. You know, and so basically what Paul was saying is you live in a culture that that, um, pagan worship occurs and, and different things happen as part of that. And so what Paul is saying is for you to be known as a Christian is to live differently from that and to live independent from that. And so that was one way that he said we can be different as followers of Jesus Christ, being part of the culture while not being part of the culture, being set apart because of the grace and work of God in our lives. And so this morning, this letter takes a turn, because Paul spent some time looking at what it means for Jesus to return. Earlier in this letter, he's already begun to, to address a problem in the, Thessalonican, the, the church in Thessalonica. See, what people had heard, and they'd listened to his teaching, and and I think we've all seen how throughout history people have looked to this, but they were anticipating Jesus' return immediately. And so the return of Jesus was not the problem, but if you remember with me, some of the church had decided that they no longer needed to go to work or earn a living because Jesus was coming. And they thought it was coming today. And so they'd stopped working and they were gathering in groups to look at the skies to wait for Jesus to return. These are pe- these obviously school children looking at the eclipse a couple of years ago. But I thought it was something similar to that, right? As they gathered together and they were looking and they were waiting and they were anticipating and they were talking and, and their actions were causing others in the community to look at them and to say, what is going on? Like, think about if you didn't know the eclipse was happening and all of a sudden we saw a small group or a large group just standing in a field looking up what would you do would you look up (laughs) maybe but what we also know is that the others who were not part of the church and they were part of this community when they saw this When they saw these people withdrawing from society, withdrawing from their community, withdrawing from what they had done to support themselves and their families and to contribute to what was happening, they were getting frustrated. They were wondering what was going on, and they were wondering how these people were going to be supported and how they were going to be able to provide for themselves if they were unwilling to engage in that which would provide for them. And so they were getting frustrated and they were looking at the Christians and they were starting to get angry about them and, and turning against them. And Paul knew that that was not a way to grow the church. He knew that that was not a way that people would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be receptive to it if they resented what was happening in their community, if they resented these people who they thought were not going to be contributing. And so he told them this. He said to remind them that they should be known for their diligence and their work. Now he didn't tell them to stop, but he said you should be known for your diligence and your work even as you have one eye oriented towards the future hope of the return of Jesus Christ. They were to live, they were to be a part of the community, they were to support themselves, and they were to be prepared for the return of Jesus. Which is exactly what Paul had done when he lived with the Thessalonians. And so that's what he's telling them today. is how they can live and how they can be prepared for the return of Jesus. And so in our reading this morning, Paul writes that Jesus' return is something that we can look forward to, but it's not something that we can know exactly when it is going to occur. This is what Jesus said, isn't it, in the Gospels? Is no one knows the time, only the Father knows the time. I don't even know the time. And so Paul's language is a little different. He says the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. When they are saying they being, you know, humanity, people, uh, when they are saying there is peace and security, at that time, sudden destruction will attack them like labor pains start with a pregnant woman and they definitely won't escape. All right, so the day of the Lord is going to come like the thief in the night. That's essentially what Jesus has said in the Gospels, isn't it? is that when the day of the Lord comes, when God's return comes, when Jesus comes, whatever the language is that you want to explain the day of the Lord, what Paul is saying is what we can see through both Gospels and New Testament is that it's going to come when you and I cannot anticipate it. It can't be expected. And so Paul says it's going to come, not just when people are waiting for it, but it's going to come when you and I feel like there's peace and security and there's nothing to worry about. So what Paul said, right, is that when they say there is peace and security, that's when it's going to come. At that time. All right, so there's a couple things that I think we could read about this part of the Scripture. The first is that when Paul says peace and security, that's a stab at the Roman Empire. And Thessalonica being a part of the Roman Empire. And the fact that, that much of the early Christian church existed within the boundaries of the Roman Empire. One of the major political statements of of Rome was what? It was the Pax Romana, right? Where they would say that, that because of the Roman Empire, there's a Roman peace that exists throughout the empire, that exists throughout the land. And so when Rome articulated this and talked about this, what Rome was saying is that due to Rome's size, due to Rome's legions of armies, due to the power of Rome, the entire empire, everyone within the empire would experience peace. And so what's Paul saying to this? Paul's telling people, that are being told and hearing the message that because of Rome, they're experiencing peace and security. He's saying to them, don't hang your hat on that, isn't he? He's saying you can't depend on peace and security from something that is earthly, from something that is of this world, from something that is human, a human construct, something that that you and I can create or uh, think we can create. But what Paul is saying is even when we feel this might be the thing, He's saying it isn't. And so basically to the Thessalonians, he's writing, don't trust the propaganda you've read. That is telling you because of Rome, everything is going to be okay. And so what is he saying? Friends, he's telling us that the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is greater than Rome and any other construct of human government. The Thessalonians have been told that, that the power of Rome is going to protect them and offer them peace. What they need to hear is that Rome cannot provide the peace that only God can provide. And that's the same for us. We can't look just to the government or to, to human constructs or to worldly things to provide us the peace that only God can provide. We can't look to other humans to see and to imagine that they are going to provide for us things that our hearts and our lives need, things that we yearn for within our innermost being. Like the Thessalonians, our tendency is to find earthly things to place our hope and security in and upon, isn't it? And so our tendency is to find these things and to trust them and to look to them. And instead of looking to God, we we place our emphasis on what they are. And so what Paul's writing then is he says, it's when you think you have this peace in these other things, it's when you think you have your security in these other things. He says that's when the thief is going to steal in. And it's when we've placed our hope and our trust on and in the things of this world and not on and in God. It's when we've placed our hope and our trust and security in things that can be temporary or can be fleeting that we set ourselves up for the thief to enter our lives. Paul isn't just talking about governments. But he's talking about the decisions that you and I make, about the things that we prioritize, about the things that we emphasize in our lives, where we are in. in, um, willing to invest ourselves or where we decide to place our energy and our emphasis he's saying it's when those things when we're, we're placing our energy our emphasis when we're finding our peace security when we're uh, putting everything in this one basket that that's when the thief can come in and upend that basket and then we quickly discover that we don't have the peace and the security that we thought we had Whether it's in a person, whether it's in a thing, whether it's in a group, whether it's in something. Because what Paul is saying is that the only thing that can provide peace and security to you is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the life that God offers us through him. And so when we place ourselves in Christ, then we're prepared to deal with whatever we face. Because our peace and security is based not on the things of this world, not on other people, not on other human constructs, or or whatever it is that you and I might place it upon. Because our peace and our security is based on God. And so Paul says for us to achieve that is we have to find places and opportunities for us to be in the light. And so he talks about how things that happen in the darkness happen in the darkness for a reason, right? Because they don't offer us life. They don't bring us to life. They don't help us to to nurture and encourage life in other people. And so he says followers of Jesus. Followers of Jesus are people who are children of the light and children of the day. Because we seek God out. We seek the light of Christ that as Jesus himself said, you know, that the light of Christ, the kingdom of God is like, is like a lighthouse that, that's set on a hill or it's like a candle that's set on a shelf that nothing is placed over it so that its light can show everywhere. What Paul is saying to the Thessalonians is when we seek things that happen in the darkness, absence of light, as we're not fed, We're not nurtured. We're not given the opportunity to to grow into that which God wants of us as followers of him and as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. But he says when we seek light, that we will achieve and we will find peace and security, not because of anything in this world that can offer it to us, but because our peace and security comes from the one who came to this world and who gave himself up for us. And then he ends it by saying, so what are you going to keep doing? See, he doesn't tell the Thessalonians that they're to stop and wait. He doesn't tell them to to just idly, you know, stand there and see. Or he tells them to be diligent, to be faithful, to be known for what they're doing. And then he says, don't stop encouraging one another as you have been doing. So basically, their waiting is to be a productive waiting. It's to be a waiting that's devoted to to contributing to the community of faith, to contributing to the lives of each other, to pouring into others so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that they can encounter Jesus through what they're doing and how they're living. Paul's saying a life of Christian faith is not idle, isn't he? And so he's telling the Thessalonians to continue encouraging each other building each other up not because they haven't been doing it but he's saying keep doing it keep doing what you've been doing because it strengthens the community of faith it strengthens you as believers and followers of jesus christ and he doesn't say it but i think we can read it because when we encourage each other friends it brings us all into the light it helps us to grow in our faith It helps us to bring others out of of places in their life where they need to be led from. And it helps us all to be firmly placed in the peace and security that lasts, which is the peace and security that's offered us by God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.